Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Girls Like Us. This is the podcast that freaking gets down on its knees and asks you really, really nicely to uh, answer the question, what does a literature degree get you? And we say, uh, as we kind of stand above you, like as you're kneeling mm-hmm. down asking very nicely, we say, uh, a podcast about books for children. Now get back to work, you you dirty bastard. Um, <laughs> I'm so I was thinking this was like a religious scenario, and I feel so like I. it's like an orphan orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> like a right. 1920s. But aren't all the good orphanages kind of tinged with religious imagery? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Hannigan was no Christian. No, <laughs> but Miss, but it like, but there had to have been church funding for that orphanage. Like, I don't believe that the orphanage in Annie was like, like run by, you know, the state maybe necessarily. Like, I believe that there yeah. had to have been nuns in and out of there benedetting each other. Mm, yeah, I still have to watch that. Um, oh, best movie of 2021. You're going to, Franny, you're going to love it so much. It is, it's like... Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it when we do the other Patreon we yeah. were just discussing recording if you get the time to watch mm-hmm. it because like it it's truly like every it's one of those movies where like you're like everything you want to happen at least for me like happens. Okay, good. Where you're like you're like oh they're not going to take this joke this far and then you're like yes they are. Yes they did. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a lot it's a lot of fun. The girls yeah. are the girls are benedetting. Um good. All over the joint. Um, okay, I have. I understand that you have questions to ask me. I am. I sent you on a mission, and by sent you on a mission, yeah. I mean you independently decided to to do something. And I said that's great. Um, but we're kind of in like a kind of like I'm kind of the Ving Rhames to your Tom Cruise right now, and you're going to totally. have to debrief me on the mission that you went on this past week, um, which involved you going to a foreign location, um, kind of arriving at like a you know you know, a point, um, a load point or whatever. And, and, you know, and I need you to, can you tell the listeners like what's going on here? Yeah. So in Mexico city where my boyfriend and I just got back from being on vacation, there is a cafe that is inexplicably like Gossip Girl themed. Mm-hmm. Cafe um, Serena. It's cafe spelled Serena. wrong. Yes, it's spelled wrong, but it's it's dedicated to Serena. It has a like a pretty you know sizable Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so my boyfriend discovered that it existed. Like, obviously, knows everything about the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we have to go and like report live from Cafe Serena. Uh, it was, like, one of the main things we were, mm-hmm. like, absolutely, we have to do this on our trip. Yeah. So we get to Mexico City um, on Sunday afternoon. We just kind of, like, walk around, take in the city, like, hang mm-hmm. out. We're super tired from traveling. Like, literally gotten to bed at, like, 8 o'clock, slept yeah. for 12 hours. The next morning, we wake up, and we're like, okay, like, we're going to have, like, Food at the bed and breakfast, like light fare, and then we're mm-hmm. going to walk around a little bit. And then Cafe Serena opens at 10 o'clock. And okay. so, like, we'll go there and we'll have, like, a little bit more of a, like, a substantial a food. Yeah. yeah, like, we'll have coffee. We'll, like, get a pastry, whatever. Yeah. So we walk over to Cafe Serena. We get there at 1030. Um, doors are open, but there's not a soul in sight. And by not a soul in sight, <laughs> I mean, like, not even employees. Oh, my like, gosh. So, like, the doors are open, the tables are out, 
It's a big place yeah. for a Mexican cafe. Like, they have a lot of seating. A lot of these Mexico City cafes, like, a really tiny seating. Like, mm-hmm. think about, like, like a European. Like, it's very, at least the yeah. area we were staying in, like, it's very European. So think about, you know, like, not a lot of seating. Tons of seating. Mm-hmm. All of it's out. They have a little signboard out with, like, specials on it. Not Literally not a soul in sight. Wow. So we were like, okay, maybe, like, they're not all the way open yet, even though it's, like, yeah. 1030. Like, you know, like— you're America, moving tables out or whatever. Yes, like, yeah. America's very rigid with opening and closing times. Like, that's, like, a specific to American culture. Mm-hmm. Like, in other countries, you know, I'm like, I'm like, girls, show up to work whenever you want. Like, especially the dolls working at Cafe Serena. I'm like, yeah. you guys, like, go work whenever. Like, don't come to work. Do come to work. Like, not my problem. Yeah. So we're like, okay, like, you know, we wanted to kind of keep moving. So we're like, it was right around the corner from where we were staying. So mm-hmm. we were like, you know, we'll just come back tomorrow. So, yeah. um, you know, we go about our business, had a great time. Um, I have had diarrhea for five days now at this point. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I genuinely, um, you know, am feeling the post-vacation blues and I'm yeah. like the thinnest I've been probably like in 10 years. Browns. Yeah, literally. Like <laughs> I've been, when I, like I'm, I'm deeply ill still. Um, yeah. But you know, it was a great vacation, did a lot of things. So the next day mm-hmm. after that, we were like, okay, like let's go back to Cafe Serena. This time, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. We show up, same thing. Mm-hmm. Lights are on, no one is home. At this wow. point, we're kind of like, you know, maybe like at one, that's when like people, like working people, like take their lunch break. So we're maybe like, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe this is like a break in the day. Like maybe we came too early last time. Yeah. And now we're like in like a weird po- spot of the day where like mm-hmm. they don't have any customers. We're being like, we literally are blaming ourselves at this point. Like we yeah. as Americans do not understand like the flow of like when people go to cafes here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, this is our problem. So we're like, <laughs> we're gonna, like, we were already planning to go back to that part of the neighborhood the next yeah. day to, like, do some shopping. And we were like, okay, like, we'll come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The next day, third day now. Wow. We show up. And this time, there were employees present, but Franny, guess where they were? Where? They were all sitting at a table outside together <laughs> playing cards. Oh, my God. I literally, like, help me break down what could have possibly been happening. Because when I say it was a full cafe, I'm going to post pictures yeah. um, when we post this episode on our Instagram. Because I took a bunch of photos mm-hmm. of it because, like, I was like, Obviously. I at least deserve these. And, um, like, there weren't even, like, you know, typically you go to a cafe. Like, they have pastry cases out. Cafe Serena is no different. Yeah. So they have pastry case. Pastry case empty. To me, what you're describing sounds to me like when you go, when you're like, oh, this new cafe opened and you go in and it's, then it's very clearly an Herbalife. Like, that's what it's reminding me of. Like, it's like, we have cookies here, but like they're, you know, we have like one cookie on display and it's clearly like a Chips Ahoy or something. And then they're like, but do you want the Red Snapper energy drink? And we can't say it's not Herbalife. We cannot confirm or deny. (laughs) Franny. You might be on to something. No, so, uh, Gossip Girl theme would be a great way to get Herbalife. I mean, that's that the demographic. Is, that so. is so true. That yeah. is, you are so, how did I not think of this? Because I'm going through my head being like, does, like, the production company behind Gossip Girl pay these people to, like, open a fake cafe mm-hmm. every day to, like, like try to proselytize Gossip Girl, yeah. like, to the people of Mexico City? Right. 
Kind of trying to give it a second wave. Exactly. Like trying to be like, people walk by and be like, what's that? And then they'll be like, oh my God, I know Gossip Girl. Mm -hmm. I should watch that. Mm -hmm. Like that was what I was thinking. But I think you're, you may be more correct. Employing Gossip Girl would be such a good way to sell like pyramid scheme products. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in a country which like, from what I understand, you know, the U.S. has very, very stringent copyright laws, very, very mm-hmm. stringent, like, use laws when it comes to IP. And, and I don't know this. I am ignorant to this. But, like, maybe Mexico is less strict. And so, like, you can kind yeah. of, like, pop Gossip Girl on the on the wall of your cafe and, like, not have to pay residuals to anybody. Or maybe the whoever, WB or whoever technically owns Gossip Girl is, like, it's okay. Or, they're, or like they they're not, have they're, a, a like foot doing in the international litigation is probably— more expensive than than it's 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 trouble yeah or they do have a foot in the door now did you end up were you able to order anything no franny there they there were just was there not an option you didn't, you didn't, yeah you will see when i i'll send you these pictures like yeah before i post them but like and i didn't i didn't want to send them to you obviously before this because you yeah. know i wanted to have an organic conversation on the mm-hmm. mic but um we send them to me now i want to okay, yeah. review I'll, them well. i'll send and you the pictures together um because it's like you will see what I'm talking about, where it's like the lights are on, nobody is home. Yeah. But the lights are not, like, they're not fully on, actually. Okay, hold on. Right. Okay, they're sending. They even have, like, wine out, but none of the, like, signs are okay, on. Okay, so here's what I, I'm looking at these photos that Sophie sent me. There's there's a huge sign above the cafe where it says, you know you love me, XOXO. Um, the types of things I am seeing are just millions and millions of framed photos of Serena, like screenshots from the show. Yeah. And they're um, low quality. Yeah. Um, I am seeing a few pastries. I'm seeing like several different types of croissants. Um, one of them is like a croissant with like red food coloring. I am seeing some COVID-19 rules. They right. Which would suggest that you can, you can eat there. You can eat there. Yeah. Um, it kind of the I mean the flowers are pretty. Yeah, they're not real. Yeah. Okay, there's a sign that says Prada that's like on its side. Um that was that was my favorite. Like it's really just like the Prada logo on its side. Yeah. Let's see. I Which, wanna, if I'm you zoom in, you can see um an unlit neon sign that says XOXO. Okay, so I'm gonna read some of the on the names of the entrees. I've never seen this before where they just have three different types of Coke for like listed on the menu. That's very funny to me that like they're taking up enough menu space to say Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola light. I think Coca-Cola without sugar, Sprite without sugar, regular Sprite. They're taking that up. Yeah. You can, so there are a few themed ones. So there's Croissant Brooklyn, Croissant Campbell, Croissant Manhattan, Croissant Sandwich St. Jude's, Sandwich Pulitzer, (laughs) Sandwich Constance, (laughs) Hamburger, Hamburger Samet. And then oh, ensaladas, yeah, you can get Central Park, Dumbo, Palace, or Vegan. And then for pastas, there's three options. Chuck Bass, <laughs> Nate Archibald, <laughs> or Dan Humphrey. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and then for pizzas, I've, I'm only seeing a few, but the cheapest one is Dorada at $211. There's also Eleanor Waldorf Pizza and Jenny Humphrey Pizza. But I'm not seeing a Blair, a Blair-themed pizza. Oh, unless I'm over here. Um I, that's no, weird. Yeah, there's, there's only nothing... like one thing of themed. 
themed and and I you I can't believe you didn't get the Chuck Bass pasta. Brandy, it was impossible to order <laughs> food at this place. You know I would have I would have gotten the Chuck Bass pasta, the Dan Humphrey pasta, oh, and yeah. probably the Nate Archibald pasta. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. In another photo, this is more visible for enchiladas. You could get a Georgina Sparks or Vanessa Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. It's so funny that you cannot get like a Blair themed. Yeah, they're um, like, fuck Blair, but we do have Dorota, who, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, is like the maid. That's the maid. That seems kind of rude that they're making her the, the cheapest. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I wonder if the Serena with the, you know, N is like a way of like, like getting around the copyright. And then they're just like, we can put whatever photos up we want. Like, you That's can't true. tell us not to put art up. I'm going to just real check out the Google reviews real quick. Because I wonder if other people are having the same experience as you. I think it was just me. Like, that's why I'm like, like, that's why I'm like so stressed out about it. I'm like, was like last week, maybe like they're just like employees were like going on a retreat. And like part of that retreat involved them like playing cards on the patio of the restaurant. Yeah. Like, so bizarre. Like, I feel like it's my fault that I could, I tried three times to go there and each time it like wasn't actually they knew you were coming yeah they did uh, maybe they're listeners of the pod and they're people that hate the pod and they were like let's let's yeah. sabotage this bitch okay everyone is giving this great reviews someone had the huevos divorciados which is two <laughs> eggs on tortillas one covered in green sauce another in red that's kind of cute yeah um this place is very overrated just because the place has a gossip girl theme doesn't mean the locale is good <laughs> <laughs> um Lack sanitary measures. Okay. Um, the truth is that the coffee was not good for me. Okay, this that one's translated. I mean, it, 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 beautiful pictures. I know. Like, that's, it looks really good. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, confused because I feel like it's my fault. Like, maybe it's, like, an evening place? It says even, even the staff buys the pizza. Okay. Very nice decoration, <laughs> but they don't serve you. <laughs> oh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then someone's having wine. That's everything very good, except that they left me plastic in the food. Oh, okay, problematic. That's something Chuck would do. Like, if you get the Chuck pasta, they're like, there's plastic in this, because Chuck yeah. is a Chuck is a loser. Yeah, the cover of the dressings were super dirty. Okay. I don't, this is so interesting to me. I really wonder who owns this. I know. I'm, I yeah, need more same- staff. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is, they do not respect the law of commercial establishments in whoa, Mexico whoa. City. That's a big, that's a big accusation. Oh, I asked for a glass of water and they told me they could not give me one. They could only sell me a bottle of water. That's okay. classic for any, that's like, that's classic American to go to a place and like demand, um, demand, like everywhere besides water, yeah. America, like you have to buy the water. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got yelled at in, a, in an Italian restaurant for um, sipping out of my own reusable water bottle while, like, taking a pill. The guy oh, came up so to me, rude. and he was like, you're you're American. Like, he said to me in Italian, he was like, you're American, so you don't understand, but what you just did was super offensive. And I just remember being like, I'm taking my pills. Like, Yeah, also, it's like, like you're feeling, like, you're drinking your own shitty water. Right. If you wanted good water, you'd order it, but... Yeah, Just let exactly. You drink my musty water tap water yeah. piece. And also it's like not especially Italy, like Mexico and I and I think this is probably trickled down from America, but Mexico is starting to have like tipping culture, but mm-hmm. like like the highest you can tip somebody if like given an option on like a touch screen is like 10% or 15%. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, but like in Italy, Italy has like no tipping culture at all. Uh-huh. And like, so that was like, that's even more mind blowing to me that this guy yelled at me. Cause I'm like, it's not like I'm like, you're missing out on like the 50 cents. I would tip you off the water bottle. Like, right. Yeah. You're just exactly. like mad that like, I'm taking my birth control with like my own <laughs> shitty water that I pregnant. got. Yeah. He was like, we don't take birth control here. And because you're American, you don't understand how offensive that is. It's so offensive. I can't. Give yeah, you a baby. Uh, oh, speaking of babies, oh, this book, this book has babies in it. Yeah, a um, baby named Yale. Oh, a baby named Yale, and of course, we're covering um, Gossip Girl. Uh, you're the one that I want. This is the book where they all get into college, which we've only. It it, it kind of blows my mind how much this series is just talking about them going to specific colleges. Yes. Like it's there's always at these colleges and it doesn't seem like a fair representation of except for there's an acapella group. Yes, that's that's fair. A very, very obnoxious acapella group. Yeah. um, Who inserts themselves into like all of like the social drama going on. Um, I have something to say, which is Mm -hmm. that I kind of like this book. Um, Yeah, it was it was uh, there was it was a much better pacing than the other ones. Yes. And I think that. It still lives up to my complaint that in every single one of these books, they travel. Like, this book yeah, is almost literally. all of them traveling again to visit mm-hmm. their respective colleges, even though we've done a college visit book before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this was, like, now, like, an admitted student's visit, which is, like, honey, we could have just combined these into one book. Right. But I will say this was definitely more fun because of like, there were actually some, you know, like fun drama that happened Mm -hmm. when they visited the colleges. And I also have to say that like, I might be kind of constructing a theory on these books that makes them more readable to me, Mm -hmm. which is that we're supposed to maybe read the entire, because uh, this whole time, and I've been like watching kind of like, because we like watched all those Gossip Girl episodes for the Patreon, mm-hmm. I'm now getting like Gossip Girl content served to me like on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff. And so like I've been watching like Gossip Girl like video episodes on um, video essays, excuse me, mm-hmm. on on YouTube and trying to kind of like reconcile this difference between like the show revolving around kind of like the the characters reading the Gossip Girl blog mm-hmm. and like reacting to it and the books like seemingly having no or very little idea about yeah. the Gossip Girl blog. And I've been trying to reconcile this in my head because I'm like, why Why is the book Gossip Girl mm-hmm. if the characters who we spend all of the time with, besides from these little blog post inserts, don't know anything about Gossip Girl? Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to make it make sense. And I think kind of what I came to in this, and I forget what section I was reading that made me, like, think about it like this, I think it was when Blair was, yeah, it was when Blair was meeting up with that group of girls called, like, the Celibacy Sisterhood at Georgetown. It kind of made me realize, like, because the girls started gossiping about people Mm -hmm. they had heard about in New York, including Mm -hmm. Nate Archibald. I was like, I think that we're supposed to maybe, or, like, this is just my theory, like, we're supposed to read the whole book as gossip. Like, the whole book is, like— Like, like we're, we're reading kind of their, this is all like third hand information. 
Yes, like we're reading these like, and that's why like these little asides are so bitchy and all of the Mm -hmm. things are so like stupid and heightened and superficial Mm -hmm. because like we're reading basically like compiled like a game of telephone about all of these characters. I like that a lot. And that, 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 that does make it like much more enjoyable. Um, Yeah. Especially because what, what I do like sometimes in the little Gossip Girl blog posts are they will say things that I don't think are narratively true. And sometimes it'll be like S and J spotted, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that is true. But did you notice there was one about S reading like women seeking women, like ads in timeout. And and sometimes they're very, which I mean, I don't, that did not seem to be the case in in this book. Um, That was the one I remember from this one, but like, uh, there is there is misinformation that we as the reader know to be misinformation given um, quite right. a bit. And yeah, that makes sense if it's more of like, this is what people are constructing, you know, of, of what yes. these characters are off of this, right. you know, this blog. And it makes the portrayals of especially Blair and Serena seem much more interesting because it's like, yes, this is how mm-hmm. these two popular girls would be construed as, like, the composite sketch formed by the opinions and the gossip of all of their, like, classmates and peers. Like, Serena would be the girl. Like, in this book, Serena, we finally get to see why people think Serena is, like, for lack of better words, such a slut. Because, like, in this book, Serena does all of the things or, mm-hmm. like, purports to do all the things in the myth- in the mythic Gossip Girl novel space mm-hmm. um, that, like, they've been saying the whole time that she does, where Serena basically goes on all—Serena like, is admitted to every single college she applies to. Like, every single college in the in the world, essentially. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All, literally all of the Ivies. Yes. Like, yeah. She's, like, one of those, like, kids that they put on, like, Good Morning America who's, like, this teen, like, got scored, like, a 1600 on the SATs and was admitted to this, every this college. This white teen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Local white and teen. And their parents only make 300K a year. Yeah, exactly. Like, so Serena is admitted to every college she applies to, so she bounces around going on all, the, all these mm-hmm. college tours, and at all of the college tours, she hooks up with a different guy yeah. from the school. And it's like, it's like it's seen through the, the lens sort of of like she falls in love with each school through falling yes. in love with each of these different men. So mm-hmm. like, and- Once an acapella singer. Yes. Mm. Um, shout out to, well, I was in an acapella yeah. group, but shout out to Camden, who was in an all-male acapella group that <laughs> kind of mirrors the one, uh, at least an annoyingness level, uh, that yeah. appears in this novel. Um, Camden, don't edit that out. <laughs> you can't, you can't censor me. Um, but yeah, so it's finally, I kind of get this idea because so for so long, we've been like, wh- what's going on with Serena? Like, where's the depth mm-hmm. of Serena? And mm-hmm. for now, with this new theory, I'm kind of reading these books through. I'm like, the whole point is that we're asking that question and saying, how yeah. does she keep winning on these terms? How does she keep forming all of these relationships with these men? Like, how is it that Serena yeah. always wins? Um, Literally. And she, no matter what. And, and the other thing that is interesting in this book, I, I did think was the um, the fact that she literally did get into every single school, even though we know that she's kind of not a, I don't think she's like a great student no, or anything. And she's she a has bad like student. a, yeah, she has like a, a track record of like issues with schools essentially. Um, and yet she gets into every single school. And I think that like, cause at the beginning I was like, Oh, like, you know, Serena is very nice. Like, 
I like reading her. But now I am getting to the point where I'm I'm kind of understanding Blair's like resentment of her a little more because I would be I was also like, how the fuck did she get into every single school? Right. Um Yeah, well, you know, we talked about it a little bit about how like there is a, a dichotomy between and it's very recognizable in relationships. There's a Blair and a Serena. There's a girl mm-hmm. who feels like she tries so hard. All she does is try. Mm-hmm. And she can never be in a space where she feels like she's having, um, you know, success or fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And then the, mm-hmm. the girl that's Serena who doesn't try at all, or at least appears to the Blair specifically right. to not try at all. But yet everything yeah, is Yeah, but she kind of doesn't. She kind of does not try at all. Like, well, but that's we're talking about the book now through yeah. lenses of what it appears to be, and yeah. through the narrative of the book, she doesn't try. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe yeah. that's just the way what people are thinking about her. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um. So I going back to so like at the beginning of the book, you know, it's all this talk about like when they're going to get their college acceptance letters and. Serena and Blair decide to open theirs together. Serena, as we say, gets into every college. Blair gets rejected from everywhere except for Yale, where she is mm-hmm. waitlisted, and Georgetown, where she's accepted. And she's like, Georgetown yeah. is my safety, which, LOL. <laughs> I know. Reading this, I was like, mm. Laugh out I, it's loud. Just, it, it is just interesting that in all these, you know, um, pieces of media, obviously, it's like, okay, what are the most famous schools in, in the U.S.? It's mm-hmm. the Ivies, right? But... Um, so that is where characters are going to go. But it, this was a little, I just thought it was funny that so many girls from this, this private school are getting accepted into multiple Ivies. I mean, but that is New York private school from yeah. what I understand. Like that's not super unrealistic when we're talking about big money, old money, East coast mm-hmm. families. But um, then how is Blair not getting into all the, these other schools? That's you know the I mean? question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's something seriously wrong with Blair's application that we yeah. don't know about. Or yeah, that we maybe do. Gossip Girl intervened. I, we know that Gossip Girl isn't intervening. We wish she was. We wish that's she something was. A would yeah. do. That is something A would do. Well, A would also, and, when I, and I think when I'm saying this, I'm realizing that, that maybe A literally, didn't A send someone a fake acceptance letter? I can't remember if that like was in the books Spencer? or the show. No. It, oh, Spencer... It was a fake letter from a school. I, maybe it was yes. a fake rejection letter. Yes, it was Princeton, where they Princeton. told it was like Spencer A. Hastings and Spencer F. Hastings, and they said that there yeah. was another Spencer Hastings, and that like actually was not true. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that did happen. That um, is something they would do. Yeah, so uh, how many colleges did you apply to? I don't know. I was just talking about this earlier. I think only... I think four, um, and yeah, I only got into three of them. I mean, I, where, I was where talk- did you get rejected from? Ohio State. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've talked, I don't know if I've even talked about this in the pod, but my school was like very, it was, you know, public school, but it was like number one in the yeah, state. Yeah, very competitive. Very competitive, and I literally remember like people, you know, I went to Miami, which is like a fine, I don't know, public liberal arts it's a public school. ivy franny don't yeah, it, don't it is, downplay it's the public ivy of ohio so yeah on. robert frost was there at one point allegedly <laughs> robert frost went there on vacation he went so. there on va- he walked around and he was like this place is beautiful which it um, is but paul ryan like, went to miami yeah he did and i'm trying to think of him. someone someone connected to lee daniels of lee daniels the butler Went to Miami because there's a huge plaque about it, but I do not think it was Lee Daniels. That's himself. really funny. Miami's um, a okay. 
genuinely, Miami is a great school. Anybody would be lucky to go to Miami. Yeah. Public universities, like any- except except I was like people were like snarky to me about it because I, I was seen as like such like a dumbass for going to this school. And and that's the other thing is like that's why like all these calls because like every. I don't know. Like, I think we've talked about it on the pod, but like given the chance to go to, you know, basically any college, like, you yeah, know, if you're, huge. if you are, yeah. Cause it's, it's great to like learn no matter when, you know, community college or Ivy yeah. or, or whatever. Like it's, that's always for, if you, if you want that experience, you can find ways to make it fulfilling because you're always good. Like it, you're not going to have a schlub professor. No. Like, and so much of this is just based on like, you know, factors that are not, are not real. Right. That all being said, yeah, I didn't get into to OSU. Um, but that then, was, I remember that year, like, I mean, OSU, everybody. Yeah. yeah, OSU has been increasing. Like, OSU and University of Cincinnati both have been trying to increase their profiles. Yeah. In terms of, like, in, in, in our years that we were applying, they were trying to do, like, a big boost to, like, their test scores and, like, GPAs, mm-hmm. which led to them, like, rejecting like I remember like something like almost all the girls from like I applied to Ohio State Mm -hmm. I I did get in an undergrad Mm -hmm. but I like I think that's because like I'm essentially like a legacy at Ohio State like everybody Mm -hmm. from my family has gone to Ohio State since like the beginning of time Mm -hmm. um I attribute that to like my success in like getting a good deal to go there for law school too. Yeah. Like my, my grandpa went to dental school in Ohio state in like the 1950s. <laughs> and when um, you had your up they're like, okay, let's, let's see those teeth. Yeah. So was those, you had to like <laughs> send in your like little teeth. x-ray. Yeah. I mean like my, like I like being totally clear, like my family, I'm not sure, you know, and it's not like my, I have like an old money family, but my, my, not my nuclear family, but like my grandparents and aunts and uncles. But that's like, like on money applications, isn't it? What? Isn't it sometimes on applications like, oh, are you like, did, did your parents go here? Yes. Oh, it is on that. Yeah. It's fully on applications. Yeah. Like I had to, when I applied to, and I don't remember doing this for undergrad because it was, you know, eight years ago, but like yeah. when I applied for, um, uh, law school, like I listed, my mom went to business school at Ohio State mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. My grandpa yeah. went there, like my aunts and uncles all went there. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's part of the reason too. Like, so I went, um, uh, I also applied to IU, Indiana University and University of Cincinnati. IU was kind of prohibitively expensive. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, in my mind, I was like, this is kind of on the same level as my, like, I, I did like some things about IU, but ultimately I think I always kind of knew I was going to go to Miami because my parents yeah. went there. I had got like, my dad has taught there kind of on and off sometimes. So I've right. been around the campus, like my cousin, like it is. And I think that like, I really, when I think back, I, I'm like, should I have like set my sights further? But I was like, no, I liked going, I liked no. going to school like an hour from Cincinnati. And I like feeling like comfortable there in a lot of ways in that I, I kind of knew the area for right. lack of a better term. And, um, you know, and I loved, I mean, when you, that's the other thing about college. It's like, like literally like all, like if you're going for like English or something, anywhere like, you go is going to be great. going to be fucking published somewhere. Yes. And that's, yeah. yeah, there's like. That we talked about yeah. this, we talked about this when we talked about the college admission scandal. Mm-hmm. I believe that was for the Patreon, but yeah. like the good point that I really appreciated that that documentary got to Mm -hmm. that I did not expect them to get to such a good point was that to go to college literally anywhere, especially in the U S is an immense privilege. And the caliber of education that you get is one going to be like 
incredible and mm-hmm. creates so many opportunities for you to just like think and learn. And right. also it's all about what you put into like your college experience. Not right. saying, I mean, like I sat on my ass and like hung out and smoked pot and drank during college. But like, mm-hmm. I also did a lot of like learning about both like, you know, the academic subjects I was, I was mm-hmm. uh, studying and like myself as mm-hmm. a person, as a human, as a growing being. <laughs> um, but And it's like, that is the crux of the story, 100%. And that's why I think that, like, this media fixation with, um, like, the Ivies and, like, people, especially, like, Cecily von Segeser, who, like, Mm -hmm. you know, grew up in society, like, just kind of throwing these into the books. It's like, I don't know. That's not realistic. And and the only reason that I know people who went to Ivy's was because I went to this, this specific school. Crazy school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like, and it's kind of was taken as a fact that, I mean, my school's always like, yeah, we have 99% go to college rate. And, but I think that becomes like, you know, I think anyone like given if, if you like are like, let's say you, you get like a free ride somewhere. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you if you can do that financially and be comfortable and like not have that be a strain, I think that's great. But I think I do think that like the it, it does become like a social status thing. Yes, and then I the think other it thing of like bad people. people being like you needed to get a job, which like is that obviously is not true. But it's just no. it is just like that's such a luxury to have space to like think about big issues. Like yes. when else in the rest of your life are you going to get that kind of like intellectual space? Yeah, no, you're um, not. And, and yeah. here's the other thing. No, So I went to a private university. I'm so thankful for my college. Like I loved going to Loyola. I'm so glad I lived in Chicago when I was mm-hmm. in college. I'm so glad I met the people I did. Knowing what I know now, I probably, like if I knew everything I know now, I probably would have gone to Ohio State or UC. Yeah. Given that, like, I, like... Just because how of how expensive it was? No, given the resources available. Mm, yeah. The resources available at a public university, in most yeah. cases, far eclipse that at a private university. Yeah. Like, if I was talking to a high school senior and they were... Like, I almost went to fucking Kenyan College in the middle of bumfuck nowhere... Because Girl. like John Green went there, and I was like, oh if God. I go and there, now I'll you be love a John Green. That, I and mean, now that, I love him. Yeah, now you love him. Now you're married to him. Yeah. I speaking of admitted students weekend, I went on admitted student. Well, one, it was like my family could not afford it, and I was in denial about it. And I was yeah. like, I'll work. You're like, what? I want to be like Lena Dunham. I exactly. Guess she went to Oberlin or whatever. She went to Oberlin. I also, I also was considering Oberlin, but Kenyon was my choice. I was so convinced. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is fine. You know, my family absolutely could not afford it. The best right. thing my parents ever did was be like, we're not making financial sacrifices to send you to Kenya <laughs> College in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Because, like, yeah. you get this, like, fun, like, oh, I went to this liberal arts school. Oh, I learned all these things. But your resources are limited. Your resources yeah. at a big public university are unlimited fully, like, full stop. I think. I think some of that, too, is, like, I mean, I, I am kind of glad that like I ended up going to the the type of, of school that I did, but I was just talking about this earlier today because, you know, I have I have student loans, right? And like yeah. there's a lot of people who who don't at Miami who either got in on scholarship or who financially were able to just like pay pay for it. Um and I'm still lucky because I don't have a lot of student loans, but you know, both me and my parents took it out. Right. Um but I think it's interesting because even at like a school like Miami where like there's always going to be a strata of of people. I don't 
the 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 kind of selling of the lifestyle of college mm. is not what people should ultimately be focused on. Even though as a as a teen, it's like I, there's just so many different parts of and, and probably there's stuff that could be gained from like living in a community like that elsewhere, mm. um, and or you know taking some sort of like class elsewhere. But like what is great about college is if if you are lucky enough, you don't have to work full time while you do it. Yes. And and you you can make being your job a student. And that obviously in America is not something that most of us ever get. No. Um, but yeah, so these girls, these people are all going to college. So we're oh, talking about Serena. Yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about. So Blair mm-hmm. and Serena get in the room to open their letters together. Yeah. Uh, there's a very specific thing that I thought was interesting. So they both open the letters. You know, as we discussed, Serena gets in everywhere. Blair gets mm-hmm. waitlisted at Yale. And she only gets into Georgetown. They talk about how, like, Serena's, like, Blair's like, wow, like, Serena Mm -hmm. got into Yale even though her father went to Princeton and then, like, Harvard for business school. But my father went to Yale. Like, they talk about the lineages. She's like, and then Serena's grandfather went here, Princeton, Mm -hmm. and then my grandfather went here. And they talk about the lineages Mm -hmm. of these girls, like, college um, legacies, but through men. Yeah, not through women at all. No, which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, are these the first generation of girls going to college? That And that's interesting about, because that's also really showing a privilege in this book too, because even I, as, you know, like a, a privileged white middle-class, you know, woman, like I guess I'm only, like, I don't think any of my grandparents went to college, right? So the fact yeah. that like, they have like lineages going so far back, I mean, that says something about everyone's like generational wealth. Yeah, in this in this community. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think that is interesting. I also, you know, I did think that the like idea of them all opening the letters at the same time is interesting. One because we obviously got like electronic, right? <laughs> but also that that we could see. Um, you can usually tell by the size of the letter if it's an acceptance or a rejection. I yeah, but maybe, kind of I don't think too. in this time, I think in this time it was very, it was a one-sheeter. Yeah, and then you had to, they didn't like send you the whole packet. Yeah, I think. The whole shebang. I mean. They didn't send you like an Instagram, something like hashtag. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who didn't get rejected from any colleges, <laughs> I mean, I applied to four colleges, to be yeah. clear, like that were all like. What was the fourth one? Ohio um, State and UC? Ohio State, UC, Kenyon, um, Loyola, f- and then Fordham, so five. Where is Fordham? Um, Fordham, New York. Oh, okay. Also yeah. applied there for law school um, and chose yeah. not to go two times in a row. But um, I don't, like, who cares that I chose mm-hmm. not to go to Fordham twice? I don't know why I included Now you can go detail. to OSU and, and you can go to all their exercise classes. That's yeah, the I mean, one thing I miss from college. I'm like, what if there was a gym right across the street? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing that's that's different, though, is that I, the gym is not across the street because I don't yeah. live in a dorm. So it's like I get these free exercise classes, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ohio State's campus is fucking huge. So I have to walk a mile from the law school to the gym and then back mm-hmm. to the law school where maybe I've, like, left all of my books and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, my life is so hard. It's so um, hard. But, yeah, no, the free, free exercises classes. But – I applied to very, uh, besides Kenyon, Kenyon was a reach for me, mm-hmm. um, but I got in because I literally got on my hands and knees and was like, please let me in. Like, I, I Blair Waldorf Kenyon because I yeah. was convinced I was going to go there. Thank God mm-hmm. that my parents don't make Kenyon money. Yeah. Like, 
I thank God every single day because I think I would be a consummately worse person. Yeah. <laughs> um, like this this whole thing just would have been amplified to mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody would have like uh, yeah, I don't know. But um this is all to say that I think I think we can suspend our disbelief to say that acceptance and rejection letters are the same size in this world. Okay. At this time, I'll, in I'll, agree. I'll I'll agree with that. Um Yeah. Uh, Dan gets into NYU, some liberal arts school. He gets he gets rejected from Columbia. Yeah, um, I thought that was kind of interesting that they put that in. I, I was like, I wonder if if Cecily got re- uh, rejected from from Columbia. I, think, I thought, I thought it was in, a good detail. I think it, I thought yeah. it made it. I thought it made it. Um, he was like, I don't care that much. There's a lot of good writers that go there, but yeah, I thought yeah. it was relatable. The fact that the family like got around and looked at it and they were like, well, you got four out of five. Like that's enough for us to celebrate. Exactly. Um, and then Nate, um, let's, let's go through Nate's storyline. So he is, he gets into all of his Ivy League colleges, which again, it's like, Nate, we've seen what you're, you've been doing this whole time, dude. Like, like literally like smoking, like I'm like, there's no way he like got straight A's, uh, the last semester, but, um, uh, he gets into, he's deciding between Yale and Brown and he doesn't want to tell Blair he got into Yale because she only got waitlisted. And so mm-hmm. he doesn't want to say like, make her jealous, I guess. Um, or yeah, he doesn't want to offend her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he's being courted by female coaches from both Yale and Brown. Um, and he fucks the one from Brown. The, and she then, was the admissions counselor. Brown. The admissions counselor. But the the one at Yale is a female coach, and he comes on to her, and I and then she like stabs him with a fork, and I thought she was going to say, obviously I'm a female coaching a men's lacrosse team. What do you think yeah. my sexuality is? But she's like, yeah, no, right. I am attracted to you. But all I can hope is to see you in your Yale jock uh, uh, strap next next fall. Okay, I am gonna make a, I'm gonna make an admission. Mm-hmm. Even though it was, it's fucked up that this like adult admissions counselor is like from Brown is gonna fuck this literal child. I mean, like he's mm-hmm. eighteen. Yeah, we're told he's eighteen. Yeah. Um, even though she's gonna fuck this like you know teenager that they're letting into the school, I thought that scene was very hot. It was the hottest <laughs> scene for me in the book so far when like they went out to get lobster together and then he was like pack up the lobster to the waiter and then he like <laughs> kind of grabbed her and he was like how bad does brown actually want me? And she was like yeah. so bad and then they like left to fuck. I was turned on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good. Am I crazy? Good. No, I don't I think I think that seems like a very spe- I mean like that's like a like a safe fantasy to engage in I think and like yes. yes there is like a kind of a power dynamic there but it's not the same type of power dynamic that you get in many other like sexual fantasy type things I'm like yes I think that's okay I know right because it it's was, like it's like yeah. she's this woman is you know I have friends who work at admissions counselors at universities she's who are probably like, like 20 <laughs> she's probably like 23 or 24 right, which is not yeah. okay but it's not like we're not talking about. I don't like, care about in the world of Gossip Girl. It was no, much worse than that. That alumni tried to fuck Blair. Yes, from Yale. definitely yeah. worse because he was like a dad. Uh, to yeah. me, like I don't know what it is. I'm like going through something lately where like, like the wind blows and I'm horny, like a teenage it's that boy. Diarrhea. It's the diarrhea. No, this has been yeah. happening since pre Mexico. So it's not the, it's not the food poisoning. It's like 
Well, you like, went off your birth control. Yes. And, but I went off the birth control. So like, I was like, I went off the birth control. My sex drive came back. That was the reason I went off the birth control mm-hmm. is because I was like, what's the point of me taking this if I literally don't, it makes right. me allergic the, to having sex. That is the control, that is the control yeah. of, of the birth. Yeah, the birth that, control makes, makes me fuck. just yeah. be like, I don't want to. And so I went off the birth control. My sex drive came back, but now I'm having a thing where I'm like everything. And it's like, it's a very literary like, it's a very literary horniness where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Like, I'm obviously interested in fucking in, like, the normal sense that I do in, like, my monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very interested in, like, fantasy again in a way that I feel like I haven't been since, like, you know, like, before I took the birth control. I think I think that's my, – my theory on that is, like, I think that's a good thing because, to me, that's saying – not that you like had shame while you were on birth control or whatever, but like, I don't think as, as I think that like letting your brain like, like be like, you know, amorphous in that way is, right. is, is a good thing. Yes, I agree. It's like, yeah. I, all, I all of a sudden have this, it sounds fucked up. I sound like Dan, but I, I all of a sudden have this like sense of creativity and like whimsicalness that yeah. I feel like, like I've been like tweeting a lot, which is like, Ooh. I have not been on it. I have not been on like a tweeting yeah. Wave since like 2018. Yeah. 2019. Maybe I'm like coming out of like some sort of like pandemic related like stagnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But to me, this Nate and Brown, um, Brown yeah. admissions counselor hooking up, I was like, I'm picking up what you're putting down, girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, well, and then also who else has, Nate also has sex with Blair in this book. It finally, yes, finally hot. happens. Oh my Look, God, it's so hot. It was like much more, I guess, graphic than I, than I expected it to be. Cause she like puts on his condom with her, with her mouth maybe. And they, it's yeah. described as delicately as she's putting a booty on her new baby sister's foot. But that's, but that's hot to me. Maybe it's like my, <laughs> my like weird your maternal fucking heterosexuality yeah. and like my like my crazed horniness yeah. but we to like have a baby. Of, we've 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 seen a lot of like sex scenes in this, but I don't think we've ever seen like dick. No, we haven't seen dick yet. And and yeah. we've seen we've heard a lot about boobs, but this was the first time it's like, oh, this was a full kind of like written sex scene, basically. Yeah, but they didn't present it. Yeah. The moment of penetration then cut to them lying next to each yeah. other. Yeah. I want to um, hear about thrusting. I, okay. I just, need I need to come thrust. out and say it. Yeah. I would never put a condom on somebody with my mouth. I don't, I don't, I would never maybe put she a did. condom maybe she on was somebody like else. And like, yeah. You, oh yeah. That's, I mean, that, I, have, like, I think it's stupid. I'm like, I don't want to be, I'm like, you're responsible for your equipment. Yeah. It's like, this is, you're actually, I'm not legally able to do this, this for is not reasons. my problem i don't it's like do if you work. like it's like you go to like skydive and they're like sorry you have to check your own equipment because legally <laughs> yeah if it fails then we don't want to be in trouble for that right i don't want to be i want to be able to get mad at somebody else if it fails like i don't want yeah. it's like i'm stupid i'm like what why would i do that also i'm like why like it's like a non-sexual touching like all of a sudden when you're rolling it on like you have to be thinking clinically so i'm like why would i t- like why would i do that and like that's not hot it's yeah, hotter if yeah. I just lay here and go like, mm, wow, put that thing that on looks it. Great, yeah, yeah, great, great technique. Yeah, that's so not gonna break. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they uh, also Dan and well, so we get some couples getting back together. 
I think Nate and Blair are pretty much back together now. Yes. Like Blair has gone through her arcs have been the only real like character arcs in many of these books. Like a lot of other people keep reverting. Blair has finally gotten to a place. And some of this I think was like, she has like now a sense of responsibility for her baby sister who she didn't want in the, in the first place. Blair has matured and she is worried about Yale, but she's kind of, I think more understanding now that like, it's not, she doesn't have to set as rigid of structures for herself as she thought she did before to be happy. Yeah. And so that's why she's like, okay, I'm finally like, I'm ready to have sex with Nate. And, you well, know, we and don't she, really and, say yeah. it, but the whole reason that initiates the sex between Blair and Nate is that she's telling him how much she loves her new baby sister who was mm-hmm. born in this book um, because Blair's mom was lying about when she was due because the mm-hmm. baby was only like, the baby was conceived before her and Cyrus got married. Um, Blair's telling Nate about how much she loves the baby, how cute the baby is. He's like, why don't we go look at the baby? Then they hold the baby, then they start making out, and then that's when they decide to have sex. I thought that was romantic. I liked it. It was hot to me. Because they're kind of, they've been kind of going on these opposite paths, but like then eventually it's like, there's always this inkling that they, no matter if they break up, they're going to get together and like have this, this life and family together. Yes. Um, and so we're kind of seeing them like be on the same page with this for the first time maybe ever in, in these books. Yeah. I thought I thought it was really sweet. Um yeah. I do have a question for you though, Franny. Mm-hmm. And this is important. Mm-hmm. Would you let drunk virgins shave your legs and bleach your hair? No, this was uh, this was crazy to me. So <laughs> this was so Blair, when Blair goes to Georgetown, she like meets up with all these like her Georgetown ladies and like her guide is like, okay, we're actually part of this, this club. That's like the celibate club. Um, and we're going to haze you. And I thought that they were going to be like, that means we're all going to fuck for some I reason. thought so too. I and, thought these no. girls, they were all, these girls all had like, 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 I don't even want to say bi energy, like lesbian energy. Yeah, exactly. They were named like forest and like, not saying that like somebody can be like a lesbian because of like, their name, but it's but like they it's, can. Yes. But they <laughs> if can. your name is Forrest, you can't change if and you're not a lesbian, you gotta change that. A gay girl named Forrest is so hot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like she I was think, like Yeah. Well they all had bleached hair, but she was like gay with this like weird looking bleached hair. Or her name was Forrest with weird looking mm-hmm. bleached hair. And I was like, um nom yeah. nom nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> and we also see like them like ask about like be like, oh do you know Nate Archibald? Yes. Like he like they know the gossip girl drama. And that was an interesting point of this. But yeah, yeah. their initiation to making her part of the celibate club, which they still like mess around. It's just like I guess they're not having like penetrative sex. Which um, is they bleach uh Blair's hair and then also shave her legs. And I would not let anyone drunk, including myself. You gotta be totally sober if you're putting a razor near my body. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I actually drunkenly my friend and I were shaving like back when I was head shaving my friend and I were shaving my head one time mm-hmm. I always did it you know on like a like if okay, you bring, Vanessa yeah Vanessa vibes um I was if you've used like one of those electric razors you know they have like attachments and mm-hmm. I would always do it on like a three attachment yeah. um and one time we were drunk because we were fucking 19 and we were doing it and I kind of grabbed it and I was like oh, let me do it for a sec and I um I uh there, the attachment wasn't on it. Oh my god! And I, right in the center of my head, just shaved like like I had like a like a male pattern baldness. baldness oh my gosh! For like, like a reverse you know, widow's peak. Yeah, like so for like 
you know, it was only like two weeks because like, obviously when you're shaving your head like that, it grows back very quickly. But what did you, did you just like go with it? Yeah, dude, I was fucking like, I, I actually related to these girls in the, in the virgin Mm -hmm. crazy club because like I was, I would have fucking done shit like that in college. Absolutely. Like this was the time, this was my like one and a half year stint where I was just like partying like a fucking maniac. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is, I look fucking crazy and cool. But then, you know, like, I was like, I'm crazy. I'm alternative. Like, no one else would do this. But then in yeah. the back of my head, I was like, why does nobody want to fuck me? And I'm like, because I had male pattern baldness. Like, who would look at, like, me wearing, like, gaucho like, overalls? clearly self-inflicted male pattern baldness. Yeah, like a fucking freak. Like, if I saw me from high school today, I would be like, go away. <laughs> Which leads me to um leads me to a passage that I want to read from Gossip oh, Girl. Yes. From the blog. This is a piece by Gossip Girl called Annoying Girl. You know who I mean. <laughs> the one who thinks she's gorgeous and smart and every boy's in love with her. She shouts, me, 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 and waves her hand in the air whenever the teacher asks a question. She's the most self-righteous person in the room, but she's insecure about appearing too self-righteous, so she giggles a lot and acts stupid to hide her supposed genius. And she's the loudest, messiest drunk you've ever seen. Without her friends, she's pa- she'd pass out in a puddle of sick on the bathroom floor or wind up going home with some sleazy older guy. But her friends always seem to take pity on her, and the next day she's bouncier than ever, smiling like nothing happened. The thing about annoying girl is, whether we like it or not, all of us have a little bit of her in us. That's why we love to hate her so much. She's our worst nightmare. I mean, how many times have you wanted to wave your hand in the air when you knew the answer, only stopping yourself because you didn't want to look like an idiot? And how many times have you wanted to sit down in a boy's lap and start kissing him but didn't for fear he'd laugh in your face? In a way, annoying girl is us minus the insecurity. She's so fine with herself, you want to slap her. But you also secretly wish you could just be that obnoxious without any concern for what other people might think. Face it, people will always find reasons to hate us, especially if we're beautiful. Though there is one particular blonde girl who seems unable to do wrong. Not only did she get into every impossible to get into college she applied to, but she's already got all of the guys at each of those schools lining up to talk to her. So obviously they're talking about Serena there. I thought that, like, that's a hidden, incredible piece of writing within this this wreck of a book series. Yeah, and that's, like, very, like, relatable. Like, that, that's, yes. what, that's what it gets sometimes frustrating about these books is, like, you can tell that, like, there is the energy that's spent towards some things would so much better be spent on, like, stuff like that. But instead, yeah. it's spent, like, describing Chuck's monkey. Oh, my God. Um, and I'm going to talk about the monkey for a minute now as kind of, like, the opposite of that. Like, this is, like, as far as you can get I, Uh, well, I, I have so much to, I have so many questions about the monkey. Yeah. This is the first time we see it, um, in this book. And we did see it at the end of last book. I assumed that this monkey would be out of here. I'm kind of impressed that Chuck has been able to take care of a monkey for, you know, a month, a month period. Yeah. Um, so Vanessa's like making a documentary about everyone getting into college, um, And it says, Vanessa waited patiently as Chuck Bass adjusted the red collar around the neck of his pet snow monkey so that the monogrammed S was visible to the camera. Chuck had wandered up to the fountain right after Blair left. He didn't even say hello, just sat down on the towel with his monkey and started talking. 
NYU better let me the fuck in because I want to stay in the apartment my parents just bought me. And then me and Sweetie can stay together. Chuck ran his hands over the monkey's short white coat, his gold monogram pinky ring flashing in the sunlight. I know he's only a monkey, but he's my best friend. Um, Then the other, so that's, his monkey's always here. And it's a snow monkey. So that's like, you know, Ikea monkey is a snow monkey. Oh, good to know. I had no idea what a snow monkey was. But, you know, snow, they should not be in the in the climate of New York. Um, but the other thing that that happens later is that there's this girl named the whole Dan and Vanessa storyline beyond the getting into college is that Dan and Vanessa move in together because um, Vanessa's sister is on tour. And then this girl named Tiffany shows up and she's Tiffany like Tiffany oh, with a PH. Yeah. It's, and it's she's important like, to say. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I was your sister's old roommate. I was traveling, but she said I could stay here. Um, and she's very much a partier and her and Vanessa become friends and Dan gets really annoyed, but she also has, she a, has ferret. a ferret. Yeah. And then the ferret and the monkey fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they lock them in a closet and then like they fuck and then they're like humping in all around the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's an abomination. It's, it's so, so gross. So like, gross. At, like Jenny and, um, her, that her friend Elise come into the party um that like Vanessa's like throwing a birthday party um and Elise come came over to drag Jenny away if you'll excuse us Daniel there's something I'd like to show Jennifer she grabbed Jenny's elbow you've got to see this it's in the closet and then the gossip girl would that be two little animals making fuzzy woofy perhaps (laughs) (laughs) my god so like stuff like that I'm like just like you know and that's the stuff that makes it like question. unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's yes. like, this book could be so much better if you like, so, like some stuff is just so out the window that it's like, this makes it not fun. Yeah. That's the magical realism. Exactly. The Amy Bender of. Yes. Gossip girl. Yeah. I have a question. My, like, I would, so I was as shocked as you were. I texted you last night when I started reading the book, like mm-hmm. the, the monkey is a series regular. Yeah. The monkey is gossip girl. Yeah. The monkey got a contract like for another episode. I was shocked by the inclusion of the monkey because, one, these books have been bad at carrying over, like, character decisions and growth from one book yeah. to another. I consider buying a monkey a character decision and growth for Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have multiple questions surrounding the monkey. The first is that— Where'd he get it? I don't care. I, I actually— I That's don't, not your question. I don't yeah. care. That's not my problem. Um, why a monkey? Like, think about all of the TV shows with monkey gags. It's a visual gag. You know, like right. a character gets a pet monkey. Okay, now it comes in in a little outfit. Now it like comes and like steals something from like, like one of the other characters. Outfit. Yeah, it's it like it's on you. Right. It's funny. Like a monkey is a visual gag. Mm-hmm. This does not work in novel form. I'm just and I'm like, sorry. This is a this is a snow monkey. It's not the classic comedy monkey of a capuchin. You know so much about types of monkeys. A capuchin, you know, in Night at the Museum? Yeah, I did have to look up what it, but that's like the monkey in Night at the Museum. Like, that's the monkey that's like, ah, ooh, ah, ah, like. Right. That's, that's like, you. if you see a, a comedy monkey and it's a little monkey, it's going to be a capuchin. Like, a is snow a monkey snow is not monkey? funny. It's like delicate. It's like feminine. Like, is it like a marker for homosexuality? Maybe, but now he's, like, not gay again. Now he's, like, talking about Jenny's boobs and being like, dude, I bet I could fucking, like, deflate them with a pin. If my monkey put a pin in them, <laughs> I bet right. I could deflate them. I guess it. I, I, it's, like, I'm, like, why not get him, like, a little, like, I don't know, like, cat or something? It I don't just know. feels like, I'm, like, if you want to write off the character of Chuck, 
just do it. Like, it feels like they're giving Chuck business for the sake of keeping Chuck around. Like, this monkey, like, I guess my biggest guess to this, because, like, in my head, the biggest thing I can't get over is, like, why the visual gag of a monkey in a book? Like, it just, it's not funny. Well, and the monkey doesn't do anything fun. I mean, I guess it humps, but that's sad. It humps. (laughs) I, like, I don't want to see interspecies monkey (laughs) ferret sex. Uh, The whoopee. And I don't want everyone, like, if that was happening at a party and everyone was, like, ogling and, like, being like, ha, 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 I would leave. That's so sad. I'd be horrified. I didn't, I don't like, um, I don't like animals like that being kept in the home. I always feel like it's, I always feel like it's, it's oppressive. Um, I forget where I was going with my monkey question, but it's, like. Just, like, is it funny? Like, it's also, like, for me, like, it's, like, the farther we get into these books and see Chuck's development in the books, Versus knowing what, how he is perceived in the show. It is so funny for him just like to picture like if, what if Gossip Girl, the show was the exact same, except yeah. Chuck was this version of Chuck and he had yeah. a monkey instead of his like, dad killing, pretending to kill himself for business reasons. Right. And I, and I think this is what I was going to say. The only, the only logical explanation for this is that Cecily Von Segeser heard a story about a, a rich high school student who was a pervert and a weirdo who, mm-hmm, who got a monkey. monkey. Yeah. That's the only logical explanation. There's also, this. like, never, like, and not to be crude, but Say you it. would think that they might imply that Chuck was fucking this monkey, but he's I don't he's think not. I would think that. But you think if he's, like, such a perv, like, if they if they were continuing with his perviness, they might be like, oh, maybe he's fucking them. He trained, I heard he trained the monkey to fuck him. But he, <laughs> he this is just, oh, this is like a show balls. monkey. This is a show monkey. This is a monkey that just stays there and he brushes it and dresses it up. Like, it's like a toy. It's like he's being distracted by by a toy. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, carries it around in a stroller. And he's going to go to West Point uh, Military Dark. School. And uh, he's like, but someone else will have to watch Sweetie, my monkey. Um, I don't know. And I also, like, is he, he must still be gay because he named the monkey Sweetie. Yeah. Right. And that's I don't something know. only a gay person. He, is would he do. monkey sexual now? Like I it's too that's too dark to think about yeah. because what that implies about like that's the thing. Like it's such a thin line to like very, very homophobic in, in implications about like what it is that gay men do and how they conduct their lives. You, wait, every gay man you know doesn't own like a show monkey that he just spends all his time fucking talking about and taking around on a leash. Like, I mean, they do, but I don't think that every gay man in the entire world, like all of my yeah. gay men, yes, they own monkeys with yeah. leashes. They all take Most each other out. Most gay men, yes. Yes, but not all. No, obviously we're kidding. And that is that is the thing that starts to really rub at me the wrong way is um, the little like bits of like, because yeah, like in my mind, I'm like, why does he have a monkey now? But I do feel like you're probably right. And that is the progression of him becoming gayer. Yes. Um, but there's also like, a, there's there's just moments in this book that, you know, they do, they have touched on Blair and Serena like having a kiss. And I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting aspect to ins- explore. But then um, Blair is at her mom's like Lamaze class and the teacher says to her, Blair, I, I do like your hair short, Mrs. M commented when Blair walked in. Of course you do, you lesbo dyke, Blair thought, smiling politely. And stuff like that. It's like, why did that need to be included? Like they're, and I understand when these, it's just, it's just interesting because you see like glimmers of like, oh, this could actually be a story element, but the rest of it is just like this weird, like, just like kind of hateful area where obviously this one, the author is like, not like, she's not thinking responsibly about some of these things. No. And like the idea that Serena and Blair kissed 
and, and Chuck being gay, these are different. These are, th- those don't relate to her at no. all. And so, and Blair calling someone in her head, a lesbo dyke, like that, that has nothing to do. Like it's, it's kind of a thing where it's like, that's not real. Like the, any implied queerness is not taken seriously by her. Yes. And I, I think this book, these books kind of remind me, like, they, they coincide time-wise with, like, those Hillary Duff commercials mm-hmm. where the girl is like, you look gay in that skirt. And then Hillary Duff pops out of nowhere and she's like, hey, don't call things gay. Don't call things gay. What if they mean, said like, bad? What if I used your name as that? Like, Right. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and I think that, like, that's so—they're really, like, we make fun of those now because it's like— Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But I think, like— if they were making a PSA about that at the time, like it had to have been an actual issue. Well, and that's like, like they're like t- calling things queer all the time, yeah. like as a bad thing. Yeah, and, and I think that, yeah. like, I think that, like, it really was like genuinely super widespread, especially for teenagers to call everything gay in a derogatory way. Damn. Like I think yeah. homophobia. Like, I think everything was really homophobic. And I think that this just confirms that everything— And, you know, yeah. things remain homophobic. I'm not saying was, as in, like— Yeah, but that wouldn't be a, a side in a, in a book today, I, unless the character then learned a lesson about, or, like, internalized yeah. homophobia, you or, know? like, the, the character's, like, whole thing was that they were, like, a huge bigot. Right, and I think that's just, like, supposed to be a joke at the expense of that teacher. Because the teacher was wearing an ugly outfit. So that yeah. makes her a lesbian. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and, oh, they talk about lesbians at the beginning. They talk about some, like, dumb B student going to Smith. Some yeah. lesbia, lesbiatronic or something is the, the word she uses. And it's, like, again, cool like, word. there's, like, a disconnect because it's, like, you did write about Serena and Blair kissing, but to you that doesn't, that's not the same thing for whatever reason. I don't know. It's but interesting. I think, I think... In this time, I think it was super easy, especially for young women, to to separate, like, the idea of, like, kissing and messing around with friends from being gay. Like, mm-hmm. I think because it was like, oh, this was still, this was in Tom Ford Gucci era where, like, two girls kissing would be a perfume ad that was ultimately, like, targeted at men. Right. Like, it yeah. was all about, like, performance of like kissing or sex between women as being for the male gaze. Yeah. It's interesting too, because like, you know, I guess now I know that at some point in these books, Dan dates a man. Apparently he's bisexual. Oh, that's But I'm curious. I am curious to going to see if they use the word bisexual or much like sex in the city. When Samantha dates a woman, they're kind of like, Oh, she's a lesbian now. And then Carrie has that whole thing with her bisexual guy where she, like, truly just continues to not get it again and again and again. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I I actually, for me, I don't get it, and that means it's bad. Yeah, where, where her real annoyance with this guy should be that he's 20 and she's 30. And she's like, I don't want to go to this party. And it's like, okay, well, he's 20. Um, yeah, she, like, but, but in these books, it is always like, oh, lesbian. That's gross. But I think the implication there being like, well, Serena and Blair aren't lesbians because they like guys. So exactly. it's not gross. So exactly. like it's it's a binary. It's not like there's a spectrum um, of sexuality. When it's did you hear other. that bisexuality existed? I guess like in middle school, and then obviously, you know, I, I feel like people I would hear from older adults in my life who've since gotten over that hump of like, 
well, that's just, you know, people on the stepping stone to coming out as as gay, which I'm sure it was a lot in, in the 80s because it was more acceptable, but not saying that there weren't actual bisexual people. And then also that or vice, it was either you were going to become gay and that was usually if guys were doing it or if you were a girl, it was just for guys' attention. Yes. And that was still very pervasive, I guess, in like, you know, the early 2010s. Yeah. And and I, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking of is like this book is like 2004, between 2004 mm-hmm. and 2006. And I think that like, like we didn't start as a culture in the media to, mm-hmm. in mainstream media, like we didn't start to accept the fact that like sexuality was a spectrum and that people could act accordingly until yeah. – post-2010. Because I remember, like, there was an episode of Glee about bisexuality being fake in, like, 2011 or 2012. Yes. Isn't Diana Argon's character bisexual? No. It Okay, but Britney is, though. Yes, but— Yeah. But they made—but there's a whole episode early in the Mm -hmm. series before they're like, just kidding, she is bisexual, where they're like, you can't be bisexual. It's so—that's so weird. I mean— I guess I, I understand why homophobia, <laughs> like, uh, it's been this pervasive thing for, you know, however long. But it is interesting that that was such, like, something that was specifically, like, it was almost like you can be, you can, we're fine with gay people, but be gay on on our terms. Yeah, be gay on well, purpose. Yeah, exactly. It's, and I don't know, that's always interesting being, like, a show like Lee where it's, like, everyone's an individual or whatever. It's, like, you don't think someone could... I don't know, fall in the middle of that. Like, like, like if you like two different people, like, I know this is not the same, but it's like, there's, everyone is different. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, it's not like all men are the same and all women are the same. It's like you, you are making choices of, it's not crazy that you could like two people of different genders. Yeah. And, and this is, this is where I'm going to take this, Mm -hmm. which is that I, I, I'm going to say, and tie this up by saying that's why I like the de- the depiction of of sexuality in Euphoria mm. because they're and I have I'll say I've almost come full circle not on standing Euphoria I will never stand Euphoria but on liking it and understanding why people like it because I mm. just watched the first season I had never seen it. I skipped like some episodes where some violent things happen mm-hmm. but I watched some episodes that I knew were largely free of violence. Um, and there is no talk about sexuality, like almost zero. And like, it's um, literally just the characters about, just date each the, other. Char- but what about the whole thing with the dad? Who yes, is- but it's the dad is like that. Like, there's talk about that, but when it comes to the teen characters, like there's talk about like Nate Jacobs' sexuality, but like when it comes to like the actual like non-abusive romantic relationships, I'm talking about particularly between like the main character played by Zendaya and uh-huh. like Hunter Schaefer's character is like they just are like fluid and they okay. talk about like we're both sexually fluid and it's like a one sentence thing. And so the they, parents, but they are talking like, about it then. But they are, but not in a way that's like what is my sexuality? Nobody is questioning their sexuality except for like Nate who is doing it in like a, you know, like toxic way where he's like being abusive towards a bunch of people. Like the only thing that happens in the main romantic relationship that we see is them being like, you know, there's no, there's never any talk about whether the main character Rue played by Zendaya is, is like bisexual or like, or like Mm -hmm. a lesbian or like, fluid it's just like there's like nothing with like her mom being like oh are you like do you like girls it's like 
oh, are you and that girl friends or date or dating? Okay, you're kind of dating each other. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, like there's like it's not um like there's nothing like pick what's your sexuality? Like what is it? And because right. both of the characters, Rue and Jules, the main romantic relationship depicted date a lot of different people of like different identities or like Mm -hmm. are seen as maybe having romantic feelings towards these people. And like, there's nothing ever being like, Oh my God, I'm so confused about my sexuality. But, but I think, I don't even know how helpful that is though, because if the only time we're seeing someone struggling with their sexuality is when Nate is like, you know, being abusive, like taking out this, this anger. Like, I, I don't know, like, cause I, I still think that people do question their sexuality, especially right. in high school. I, I guess I just mean it in the way, like talking about the central romantic relationship in the show mm-hmm. and the fact that it's, it's questioning, but it's not, it's, it's excited questioning. It's okay. not, it's not, fear questioning it's oh my god what could I be into like I'm this young person and now suddenly I'm coming into my sexuality and like how do I feel Mm -hmm. about these things Mm. okay that makes yeah I got yeah like it's a good type it's not like I'm whatever I'm like who cares about sexuality it's like Mm -hmm. it's sexual exploration in a way that feels free of the fear that often informs media portrayal of sexual exploration Oh, well, we do have to talk about Jenny. We do have to talk about Jenny. So Jenny goes on a go-see. Woo! Well, she only goes on one go-see. So there, unfortunately, there wasn't a challenge where she had to get back to the, the modeling office before she... Uh, so she wouldn't get eliminated. But um, which I, I don't know if I said this on the pod, but my my former roommate, Nick, we were... Meg and I were watching an episode from a boy-girl season where former former models come back to do the go-see with them. And so he thought it was called a ghosty because the the former models come back <laughs> from Heaven. the dead to associate them. But um, uh, no, it was uh, she goes on one and the photographer just takes pictures of her boobs, which I mean, I was so pleased that this didn't end up being like a porn shoot. Me too. And that's I, I was like, was oh, it's be. a porn shoot. But instead it was an ad for or it was like in 17, it was like for in Treat magazine, which I don't know if that's a real magazine, but it was. I'm going to um, go ahead and say it's not. Yeah. But it was like a um, spread and an article on how should like does boob size really matter? And Jenny was representing like the biggest boobs, and it was basically yeah. like people with who are really flat or have huge tits feel ostracized. Was the point of the article? And then everyone was like making fun of her for doing it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I I felt. I feel like again, and I I know that I shouldn't be mad at this book for being unrealistic, but I was like why didn't she have to sign any sort of release for this or what? Like, why Why was there not more of an awareness of, of what she was doing during this? I don't think that was uncommon in an age. Like, people were allowed to do anything to models pretty much on a set, mm-hmm. in, like, until the Me Too movement. Yeah, but wouldn't they say, oh, and this will appear in Treat Magazine? You don't, you don't think so? I'm not, I mean, like, I, I don't think it's totally unrealistic, but yeah. I also don't care about any of these Jenny plots at all. So no. I, I, I'm willing to, I'm willing to say that, you know, maybe in real life she would know, but I also, like, things that you read about, like, people modeling, like, in the days before, like, men were account held accountable mm-hmm. for literally anything that they did, like, 
women so many times were like photographed nude without like knowing where the photo was going or like without there being a clear purpose for the photo. Like they just would get together with a photographer. Like that whole thing with Emily Ratajkowski where she kind of just like got together with this photographer and he was like, take your top off. And she was, you know, kind of forced to do it. And then Mm -hmm. it was like the photos just like went into his book and like she had no idea where those were going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I don't know the whole, this whole thing too is like clearly like Jenny wants to be like Serena but then, much like Chuck getting the monkey, it's like it's hard for me to entertain that she would get any modeling gigs at all. Because then at the end, she gets one with Serena, and I'm like, this girl is five foot, so she's commercial. Like, just I think my brain being saturated <laughs> with America's Next Top Model, right? They, they do say she's the shortest girl in the class. Nothing wrong with that, but I but I'm like knowing, I don't know. I think knowing I'm just dosy pilled right now because I think we just watched one of those episodes. And literally, it can be the more, most gorgeous girl in the room. And as soon as they leave, the designer will be like, um, unfortunately, her feet were too big. So, no, I would not book her. <laughs> like, she walked ugly. Um, so, no, I would not book her. So, knowing yeah. that does not give me a lot of hope for Jenny no. uh, in this particular industry. No. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, it, I do like when Serena's. I mean, Serena is a... I do like that she is such, like, a warm character to Jenny and to others. I mean, I do think that's nice. Um, And I'm glad Jenny's getting that versus I do feel like from my understanding of the show, she's kind of like kicked around a lot. Like she becomes like a very sad person. And Jenny still gets some moments of levity, you know, in this, um, you know, with Serena. I just, I, this is so bad. I picture her so weird looking because they're like, she has like a short brown bob. Well, yeah, they, they, they describe her haircut as like, she has straight bangs and then curly brown. Horrible. And it looked, yeah, it, it, it's just like a very odd descriptor uh, of a haircut. Again, not a visual medium. No. Stop giving me visuals. Yeah. It's just, because I just think of her as like a tiny little freak, like floating by her boobs, because all they talk about is her giant her boobs. titties. Yeah, it truly seems like her tits are the size of like weather balloons. Yeah. Like that she is like, that is like where her center of gravity is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, yeah. Um, even Chuck is still talking about them in this book. Even her dad talked about them at one point. Because he said that it looked vulgar that she was wearing, like, a blue t-shirt without a bra on. Oh, that's trauma. I that's know. That's lifelong trauma. Rufus. That's lifelong trauma. Yeah. Uh, well, we kind of ended off in this book. I think the next one is going to be graduation for many of them. Where um, the fuck are they going to go then? They'll be traveling over the summer. I bet we'll get one in the Hamptons. Uh Oh, please, God, I hope I hope they keep some momentum now that, like, things have actually happened to these characters. The monkey's going to learn how to surf. Uh, if we prediction. get more monkey content in the next book, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Uh, maybe there'll be, like, a monkey spinoff. <laughs> like, you know how there's going to, we'll have to read, like, the Carlisles, like, the four-book spinoff of, of I, this? I don't want to read it. <laughs> I don't want to read it. But if there's, what if the monkey's in it? I don't know. Yeah, the monkey, like, we get the backstory on the monkey. Like, the monkey's from, like, an old money monkey family. (laughs) Yeah, the monkey went to Harvard. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Let us know on Instagram and Twitter at Girls Like Us Show if you think the monkey will be in the next book. Yeah, let us know. Um, Was the monkey at Cafe Serena? Maybe the monkey was running the whole joint and that's yeah. why it was so disorganized yeah I mean, monkeys can't write up a, a schedule monkeys can't right no monkeys can't taxes. make like protocol statements no um 
As always, you know, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash girls like us show. Uh, we love you, patrons. Um, you pay our rent. Um, that's a pet shop boys lyric. Mm-hmm. You don't pay our rent. You pay for cool things to happen on the pod. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join the fun over there, we've got lots of stuff. We just made an episode about what was our oh, that was our gossip girl. We we mm-hmm. did both the gossip girl. TV show uh, from 2007 and the one from uh, 2021. We talked about both of those. This week we'll be covering a certain erotic thriller that I'm sure many of you have watched already. Let's just say it's not a game, Melinda. Mm -mm. Um, Mm -mm. Let's just say if you're on WhatsApp, whatever their texting service they were using. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, so check us out on there for, you know, exclusive content that you have to pay for. Um, check out our Frolic Media sorority sisters at frolic.media slash podcast. And um, say what's up to our lovely producer, Camden Stacy at Cam Stacy. And you know what it is. Our theme music is by the wickedly talented one and only Leggy. Mm-hmm. Have a great friggin' week, everybody. Bye. Bye.